Welcome to the Digital Workflow Dentistry Podcast Series. We help dentists adapt, adopt, and advance in the world of dental technology. For more information about upcoming lectures, webinars, and podcasts, please go to our website, www.digitalworkflowdentist.com, at Instagram, at Digital Workflow Dentistry. Good evening, dental internet world. My name is Dr. Vishal Sharma, and I'm once again here alongside my friend and co-podcaster, Dr. Mike Parchewski. Um, You were discussing uh, some aspects on uh, implants, PRP, PRF, and we're going to switch focus uh, right now to discuss uh, that right now. Mike, if you're game for a little bit of a a Q&A session, what do you think? Sure. Why don't you walk us through what those things are, Mike? What's the difference between them? Uh, And we'll start with that. Sure. So um, again, a topic, platelet-rich plasma, platelet-rich fibrin um, has been around in dentistry for a long time. And, you know, actually most of the original literature was, uh, came from dentistry. Uh, Whitman was a, one of the researchers. You had Marks, you had Whitman, you had Arun Garg. A lot of the pioneers in the early 2000s that were using PRP and PRF uh, primarily PRP at that time uh, for therapy, for regeneration, for cancer resection patients. And they found that that was a way that they could get actual bone growth on titanium bars that they were replacing uh, mandibles that were removed. And you fast forward to today, and it continues to be something that is ever ever growing market. Um, Health Canada had uh, a couple of years ago put a sort of a halt on... Um, PRP, PRF in Canada um, for all of, of professions because um, the literature wasn't there for hair. The literature wasn't there for certain therapies. Um, and within uh, 30 days, um, dentistry was, was allowed back uh, into full access and full usage because we've got thousands of papers, thousands of literature behind it. Um, but I, did, I think that moment in time sort of quashed and then COVID hit and so you you found that the PRP PRF um, sort of lost a lot of its luster. Yeah. You know, access to the machines has been tough now. Access to centrifuges and test tubes, and because of the healthcare push, you can. There's a lot of test tubes that are back ordered. So um, supply demand has really made access to using PRP PRF tough. And I'm hoping this year that that can turn around. Um, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to talk about it today, because, you know, we feel it's an important thing for dentists to learn and to be a part of um, and using for their patients for the regenerative uh, ability and making your soccer preservations and implant cases better. Uh, so that's kind of one of the, our, our purposes, right? And so where do you use it? Obviously, uh, implants is, is the, the big umbrella for that. But walk specifically through the process, Mike, is in terms of when are you using it? When are you using it with socket preservation when are you using it in conjunction with an implant being placed at the time of placement? And when are you utilizing it to augment a soft tissue deficiency? So socket preservation to start. So if we if we just think about like what PRF is, is platelet-rich fibrin is when you have actual, you, you're, you don't, or you're not using a, um, an anti-clotting agent and you're using a regular glass test tube. So you end up with a fibrin clot that you pull out and that fibrin clot, um, you can either compress it into a ball to use it as a socket plug, or you can flatten it out and use it as a membrane. As a membrane, it's, it's pretty remarkable material. Uh, you can actually hang, um, you know, you can hang, uh, hemostats off of it and it'll, it'll hold up a hemostat. So that's how strong that is. Now, 
Um, it's really a soft tissue regenerative um, material, and it's been proven that. The bone regenerative capacity um, is helpful, um, but bone regeneration in a socket really requires a guided, um, guided regeneration principles. So what you need is you need isolation of the soft tissue. So regardless of what you're putting in the socket, in order to get bone to have time to regenerate, you need to isolate the soft tissue from invading. So if you place in a um, socket just PRF, you still need to cover the top of that socket with a membrane and then maybe a layer of PRF over that so that the soft tissue closes, but you still have a, a long-standing membrane there to allow the bone to regenerate inside or the soft tissue is gonna end up invading into a, a coronal portion of that and so you won't get as much bone fill. So regardless of what we use, the benefit of, of PRF is really good for soft tissue regeneration, but whatever we do from a bone regenerative standpoint, we still have to consider keeping that space available so that the bone regeneration can occur prior to soft tissue invasion because soft tissue invasion is much faster. Yeah, so that's that's where you're utilizing it, I, I guess, in socket preservation. Um, walk through where you're utilizing it with the actual implant placement. So where you're, go ahead. Yeah, so in socket preservation, exactly what we would do, where would we use it? Um, so let's say we had a buccal defect, mm -hmm. uh, um, a hole that where the, where the fistula was opening. You could take and put, um, you could bone graft it if you wanted to use like a cortical cancellous mix, bone graft it. You're going to mix some PRP with that. Uh, you place that in the socket. You can use the PRF over um, the opening and then just close over that. One of the best purposes, uh, the best usages of PRF is to protect your membrane. So a lot of membranes have trouble if they are moved, and so tacking helps, things like that. But if membranes move, then membranes will fail. Well, the nice thing about PRF is because it's a clot, it helps to stabilize soft tissue movement. So if you place a, a membrane over a defect, then you could place the PRF over top of that and then let the flap close over that. Mm -hmm. The PRF helps to heal quickly and hold your membrane. So I like to call it a membrane protector, yeah. and that's what we use it a lot in, in, in that. Now, same thing goes with implants. So if you're placing an implant and immediately you've got a gap, right? You've got a gap around your implant. So you can mix some PRP, some sticky bone, works great. Um, but you also might want to use like the PRF at the top to help protect the top of the implant. Um, so you can put the PRF at the top, put a membrane over if you're closing, or just put the PRF at the top, graft the gap, put the PRF over, suture, close, custom healing abutment, and, and you're good to go. Um, so we use a lot of the, the PRP for the bone, for the sticky bone, and then we're using the PRF primarily to protect the membrane and to um, replace where there's tissue deficiencies. That's, a, that's an apt, uh, great description. So to further elaborate on that, when you're utilizing it as the term you used, a membrane stabilizer, now if you're covering the membrane uh, with uh, PRF and then having uh, closure over top, is that then a resorbable membrane? Yes, resorbable yeah. membrane. And yeah. so typically what are you using in that scenario? Um, we use the uh, OSIX, uh, yeah. OSIX membrane, and we'll also use, if we're trying to grow a little bit of bone, um, a Volumax, the OSIX Volumax. The uh, Cytogenics has uh, some great ones. Um, you know, there's a lot of, geislix got some good ones. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of good ones out there. Most of the resorbable membranes are very similar. Mm. So you kind of have to find something that you like, uh, its functionality and placement. 
and uh, certain membranes are you're able to tack. Certain resorbable ones you can tack, and certain ones just uh, fall apart when you start tacking them. So you have to, you know, follow the manufacturer and then be aware of that. Do I tack a lot? Not a lot. Often I'll do like internal suturing mm-hmm. of the periosteum to hold the membrane, and do internal suturing followed by external suturing. Um, I I don't use tacking a ton, but that being said, what I'm mainly doing is regenerative um, dentistry, implant dentistry for like two implant sites, not, not, uh, massive procedures. I've got periodontists that I work closely with that are, are phenomenal at like, you know, a full arch where they're going to have to take a, um, somebody who's been in a denture for 40 years and they've got to rebuild that, um, you know, I'm talking about a patient that's been missing two teeth for quite a while and we're rebuilding, um, those are the types of, of cases that I like to do. And so walking through how we, obviously you're going to do a blood draw, but what's the processing uh, aspect? You discussed how some of the centrifuges are a little more challenging to order now. Uh, tubes have been the premium over the pandemic as well. So walk us quickly through that process. So uh, there's two types of tubes that we use. You know, there's been all kinds of tubes in the literature, uh, but right now there's really two tubes you need. One is a red top, which is a, a glass test tube um, with with no chemicals in it, no coatings, and then a white top test tube, which is a, a plastic PET test tube. Um, so plastic test tube, um, again, no chemicals. Mm-hmm. So what happens is the glass, um, the glass of the test tube has um, silica in the glass, and silica um, stimulates the clot formation. So when you centrifuge blood in a, a glass test tube, it'll trigger coagulation, okay? The other thing that triggers coagula- coagulation is, is the uh, presence of oxygen, okay? Now, the second way um, to, to get your, your, the second test tube we talked about is the white top test tube, which is plastic. So automatically you're thinking, ah, there, there's gonna be no silica there, so therefore you're not gonna get clotting. Well, that's what we're using for the PRP. That's what we're using for the sticky bone. That's what we're using because there's going to be a delay in the clotting uh, cascade. So what we can do then is draw out PRP. We can take that PRP level. Um, so it's going to be, be between the uh, the buffy coat and the red blood cells. You're going to have that layer that is your platelet-rich plasma, and it will hub up to the first layers of red blood cells. Then we're going to take that. We're going to mix that with our... Um, our bone graft, and then the presence of oxygen will then create over five to 10 minutes, a clotting cascade that will occur. And lo and behold, you'll have sticky bone. So that's how we go the sticky bone route. And the red top will give us the the PRF, which we make the membranes out of. But that's the only two test tubes you need. And so you're obviously utilizing this heavily for uh, implants, uh, socket preservation, augmentation, bone grafting. What future applications do you see with this for dentistry, Mike? Um, a lot of research, um, you know, Picos and a lot of the, the, the perio gurus out there have been doing a lot of work on um, comparative results with, um, you know, um, moving, like doing connective tissue grafts mm-hmm. for, for uh, coronally positioned flaps versus using PRF. Um, you know, the results so far in the literature have been comparable. So, um, you know, there's not a benefit to say I'm going to use PRF over connective tissue, but sometimes maybe you can utilize the PRF to help when a patient is averse to uh, the, the connective tissue 
um, or whether there's more more risk of morbidity in a patient ba based on health issues. Um, so I, I find that um, the PRF has been really cool because you've got a lot of the immunoglobulins in there. And it's been really cool in the fact that in a lot of cases that we use it, um, we get a lot uh, better post-op results. And I believe that's because you're using um, the immunoglobulins, you're using the patient's cells, and so you have, you're fighting infection right there. You have antibodies in there that are fighting infection, you're good to go, um, so that when you're using it in sites that maybe have a, a recurrent infection around a failing root canal tooth that you extract, I feel that your, your graft has better chance of succeeding when you, when you involve that, right? So I, I just feel that it, it augments and helps, and I think we're gonna continue to see that being used. And another place I see it being used in periodontics is um, like pinhole surgery mm -hmm. yeah. because it helps to stabilize the clotting and stabilizing because one of the problems with pinhole is membranes don't like to be moved. And so if you go in and you do all that and the patient then scratches their upper lip, well, they can move that, that membrane. But um, if you've got the PRF, uh, so what we do is we line some PRF first, then put the cut membranes, then PRF. So now what you're going to do is get, you're going to get fast healing of the gum tissue at the coronal portion. Then you're going to get your long lasting in the center where you mm -hmm. want connective tissue formation. And then you're going to get fast formation of clotting underneath that's going to stabilize it. So that keeps things from moving and, and the, the results are, are actually quite astoundingly better. Yeah, I remember yeah. quite a while ago you were going through that sandwich technique with me because, of course, Mike and I both do pinhole and uh, of course, the cost of those uh, collagen strips is also prohibitive. So that was one of the suggestions you had quite a while ago. Um, and so, Mike, you're going to be offering some uh, PRP slash PRF courses at some point. So uh, more to uh, to discuss on that. Exciting 20, uh, 2023 planned for us. Yeah, lots, yeah. lots going on. Lots going on. Uh, we'll wrap up on that component. Thanks once again, everyone, for listening. Wishing you a happy new year. And we will see you at podcast. Right on. Thanks, everybody. Uh, remember, like and subscribe. And uh, anybody's looking for us, Digital Dentist on YouTube, at Digital Workflow Dentistry on Instagram, digitalworkflowdentist.com. Uh, anything you need, let us know, and we'll be happy to help you out. Thanks, guys.